Howdy, my dogs. Um, the boys are back in the game. Now that everyone still got Conor on their minds, it's the real OG dogs grafting in the winter weather. It was me this morning in the rain. Jody, did you go out in the rain? Mate, it's sunny today here. Was it sunny? Yeah. You need to move to Norfolk, mate. Get get out of uh, Holland. It seems like it's always raining there. Escape it... from... Uh, what? Where was it you escaped from before? Hengelo. Hengelo. <laughs> <laughs> Sun was shining in Hengelo. Yeah. You were out with the fit pensioner, weren't you? With powerful pensioner. I was on the weekend, yeah. I took him out for the, from the nursing home just to uh, get him some exercise, get him some sunlight so he's not stuck in his chair all weekend. And uh, yeah, he was fl- he was flying, mate, surprisingly. Like he was he was on form. Yeah, he, of course. He's, he's tapered since knees, I, didn't he? I, I put him in the hurt box on a run. He came out and paced me on... Uh, a run what i did later on in the day and there's a hill that we go up which is like i don't know it's like the biggest one in norfolk so it's not massive it's like gains about 80 90 meters something like that and uh, but it's fairly steep it's like eight nine percent and i started like a bit of an effort at the bottom of the hill it's like a 5k uh effort and the first like k and a half 2k is up this hill and he was on this heavy steel mountain bike i was like pushing it and i could hear him breathing harder and harder and i was thinking oh can i can i get the uh can i can i just like put him in the hurt locker and uh, yeah, he was hanging off the back, mate. On that, that was quite, uh, quite good. Remember when last year in Fond Remote that we popped um, a Techno Viking, Techno on a hill. Yeah, yeah. Like he was. Uh, I remember that for the people that don't know. Like we went out to do this long run. It was going to be like twenty k's, twenty one k's, and I think like the first eight k's uphill, last eight k's downhill, and then there's four k of like up and down, isn't there, along the plateau yeah. at the top. And it looked like it was going to be quite cold outside because it was all like overcast, a bit grim. <laughs> yeah. But it was just fucking humid. It would like just stop raining, I think. And it was quite humid. And then the sun was then coming out. But Techno wrapped up like he was in like bloody winter. He did mind, look in- like Santa. <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind it's in August. And then as soon as you start from where we were staying, you're literally straight on the hill. There's no easing into it for a K or two, is there? It's literally 8K, boom, uphill. And we got about 4K in, do you reckon? 4 or 5K? 4K. I think it was like 400 meters when he was huffing and puffing. Oh, no, it was more. No, before he turned around, it was a good 4K, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K, yeah. something like that, yeah. 4K, and he, we stopped at one point. We were like, where is he? <laughs> we, were, we were literally 400 meters in. And you could hear him huffing and puffing. <laughs> you were saying something like, "What? what's your heart rate? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, he was in an absolute hole. He ended up throwing up stopping he looked like he'd seen a ghost he He said i'm just gonna have to go uh go home didn't he and that was it that was that was techno destroyed on the the hills of font remote they've 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 taken some scalps in their time haven't they (laughs) at some point there's going to be a pensioner that gets like literally popped on a training with you (laughs) and then you might be responsible for it (laughs) bloody hell god could you imagine (laughs) oh yeah that'd be scary um, but anyway, have you got any highs and lows this week? Yeah, I've got um, I've got a bit of a low. Like, um, so I was out on a training ride. I think it was Friday, and um, I was one of them. I'm one of them people that didn't take any or doesn't take any spares most of the time out on the ride. You know, like no inner tubes, no nothing. But this and is I, because you don't know how to change a tire. Because no, I didn't know how to change. No, I know how to change. I know how to change a tire. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can do that, and. Uh, I was thinking in my head, oh, I haven't punctured for a, for a while. And then literally 15 miles away, so about 24K from home. Uh, no, pretty 20K, yeah, but 20, 24K, I punctured. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, 
Laura was on her, one of her first days at work, so I couldn't even get her to like come pick me up. So I was like, oh God, like, what am I going to do? Like, there, I couldn't really get any taxis because there was none at that, none around there. So I thought I'll just try and hitchhike a lift. So I put my hand out, like, you know, like your thumb, where yeah. you kind of like you, you see in the films and that. I did that. And literally, a BMW driver came past me and he waved, like, thinking that I was waving at him. And I thought, oh, you know. And then uh, a minute later, he turned around, he must have, and he came back to pick me up. An M5, mate, with roof racks on, and he gave me a lift to the city. And then, uh, was it your dad? No, it wasn't my dad. No, it was just, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a random. I couldn't believe it. I was literally only waiting. I was only putting my thumb out for like two minutes and I got, oh, and wow, I got a bike. Sweet. Yeah. And then managed to get a taxi from Norwich to get home. So it cost me like 15 quid in the end. But, but yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I, M5 picked me up, mate. You know, us M5 drivers, we've got to look out for us. We've got to look out for each other. But, um, <laughs> You as a proper professional, how can you go out for a ride without any spares? I even don't ride relaxed with just one spare tube if I go on a real long ride. And I know what you're like if you can't finish a session. I know. And that's what I'm that's that's why I haven't got anyone to ride with me, mate, because you know I'm one of them cyclists that doesn't wear mud guards in the winter and doesn't take um inner tubes and everything on a um on a bike on a bike ride so that's why uh that's why i'm that's why i'm struggling to find people because they know that i'm i'm known as that cyclist <laughs> i need to I need to put it up a bit more like uh away like that yeah like that yeah yeah all right yeah but it's um that feeling would drive me mad mate of riding with no inner tubes it's like russian scary it's scary mate it's it is flipping scary and when i punch it i thought oh no i'm gonna be stuck out here for a long time <laughs> i thought god like this is not going to be my day but yeah luckily i i uh, it, it worked out all right in the end but I, I was thinking i yeah i should probably take some spares with me how often do you go to the pool and not um bring a towel all the time like if you forget your towel oh i never i, I quite often like over 50 percent, i have to use a hairdryer half time <laughs> what you're just standing with your yeah. wig under the hairdryer <laughs> 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 no i'm not naked mate i've got like i've uh, like if i forget a towel i have to stand there like i go in the shower have my like and then when i come out with the swim shorts on you know just stand under the uh towels but i did uh, under the hair dryers and do it but i have been intimidated once no lie by a guy in the gym who saw me doing this so he came stark naked right next to me and uh got the other hairdryer and there's mirrors obviously right in front of you where you're using the hairdryers. <laughs> yeah. An old man, he's like 65, 70. He's got his like cock and balls out. He's like standing right next to me, too close to me like that. <laughs> and then he's just hairdrying himself and then moisturizing himself all around them areas. And I'm thinking, oh man, I thought that's a power play. That is, he's like, he's got in my head and now he's got both hairdryers because I'm, I'm walking off. I'm just going to accept that. I'll just have to drip dry a bit because remember he's, when he's... that fruit loop in Bagnoles was um, shaving his uh, unit in the, in the literally in the, in the changing rooms. Yeah. This I was worse some, though. This was worse. Some people mate. Are, are way too confident in the changing rooms. I know because this like, was right in front of mirrors as well. So you imagine he's drying himself on one hairdryer next to me, completely bollock naked. And then he starts moisturizing himself all around that. And I told, I told uh, powerful pencil. I said, "Oh, you wouldn't believe what this guy did." He goes, "That's a power play. He's doing that because he, to see if he to see if he gets a reaction." What? But, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think it's just it's a fetish from him or something. It's <laughs> fetish, weird, yeah. mate. It's weird. weird as that was weird. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a reason to bring your towel, isn't it? So you don't get put in them situations. They exactly. won't give me a towel though. 
at the gym, you're supposed to get a towel if you're a premium member. And they always say to me, I go, can I get a towel? They go, are you a premium member? I go, no. He go, no, you can't get a towel. It's £1.50. Techno, he's not a premium member. He gets one every flipping time they give him. Yeah, so but Techno, Techno looks been... premium. Techno looks premium. Techno, he looks premium, and he's been giving me the towels since he yeah. managed to get them. But, yeah, that's the difference. Techno yeah. looks premium. I just look uh, pauper. But today I um, I I do forget my towels so now and then. So we were in the changing rooms with uh, a load of dudes. And um, so while I was standing there and thinking, like, all right, I don't have a towel. I'm not going to borrow someone. We don't have any of these hair dryers. So I was like, I'm just going to put my clothes on. And then two guys were like, you don't, tr- you don't towel. And then I just <laughs> nah, said, I'm better for the environment. <laughs> I just said to him like, nah, I'm a, I'm a triathlete. We don't tell, ta- we don't towel in transition. It's all about the marginal gains. <laughs> that is, that, is that actually what you said to him? Yeah. We don't towel mate, but <laughs> I forget my towel a shitload of times. You know, first time, first time when I had to do a triathlon, I remember it. I came out, I was 12 years old, I think. No, I would have been 13 years old. It was 2001, Bungie Triathlon. And I remember rocking up to the sports centre because it was one where you had to do a 400-meter swim in the pool. It's meant to be a 20K bike, but it was short. It was like 19K. It's like Ironman. They advertise one thing, but it's another. And then a 3K run. And um, I rocked up and, like, you're watching the first few races and stuff unfold. And I saw the men getting completely flipping starkers in transition. I'm like 13. I'm thinking, oh, my God, have I got to do that in front of people? Bearing in mind, there's all people's wives, mums and everything watching because it's in a car park transition. I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't want to go fucking naked, you know, in, in here. This is going to be so embarrassing. Um, my mum goes, don't worry, I'll hold a towel for you. So I come out of, trans- I come out of the pool. My mum's near my bike. She's holding a towel around me. I'm getting changed into my bike kit, you know, bike shorts, bike top, everything like that. Get on the bike, do it. And then when I come back in off the rut for the run, she's holding the towel around me again. They get a full change, you know, into like run kit. Cause you know, you don't want to, don't want to run in your chamois for that 3k run. Do you? No, yeah, that was old school, mate. <laughs> that is proper old school. I'm by the way, going to, um, the, the big G Rona this weekend for, uh, Janice Rodino his uh, his little race. I wanted to see if he was keen uh, to get on the podcast for a little little chat, but uh, didn't reply. He, what, he's ghosted you? He ghosted me. He flipping ghosted me. Um, but what I wanted to say is, so I'm flying tomorrow at 12. So I'm coming in at something like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, then going to the uh, Airbnb, checking in. Um, and then I thought I'm, I will be going to the pool later for a swim. But then it dawned on me tonight. Remember when we were in Bagnolas and we went for a swim in the afternoon in Girona? Oh, when it was so busy and we couldn't Absolute swim in the lane. Absolute carnage and we got in a fight. Yeah. With that guy. Uh, and we had to get out because we we booked the wrong lane or something. Oh, you have to book lanes as well. Um, we, we, we had booked. Well, we, we paid for it, I remember. And they were like, you go in lane three. You're in lane one. You're in lane six. And we're all like, oh, what? Like, we don't want to all swim in, like, fucking random lanes. We all actually want to swim together. That's why we've come to the pool, you know? Like, <laughs> there's no point going to the pool. Three of you at six o'clock if you've all got to swim differently, is there? You know, you might as well have just said, well, I'll just, sw- I'll just swim when it suits me. So we were all like, fuck that. We'll all get in the same lane together, won't we? <laughs> so we all got in the same lane, and it was carnage. And this guy took a disliking to, uh, to us, didn't he? But it already... I, I already don't want to go for a swim tomorrow. But anyway... Let's get it on. What um, 
you have written down some stuff from last week. What 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 do you want to talk about first? We've got some hot topics. Uh, well, I thought it was interesting looking at the Kona race and the setups and everything before the race. And um, Trek posted a picture of Taylor Nibs' bike, and yeah, I was really surprised with with the setup. Like I thought it was absolutely terrible, to be honest. Um, I'm just getting it up now, just while I'm talking, just so I can actually see just a, a blown mind yeah she's so she's got a race bike in transition which to be honest looks like a training bike with the setup she's got like a slow chain like she's got shram on there so basically what you're saying is the bike that she used for the race is slow as anything and now we're going into the details what was on the bike right yeah like obviously it's a fast frame and it's a decent looking bike but the components and all the extras i just think it's total lack of attention to detail and you just like why would you do that? You're like costing the race. And to be honest, I think it probably cost her the race because had she been in a better setup, she could have probably caught Lucy Charles or certainly been with her at one point on the bike. And then she could have either sat in, recovered, took her chances on the run and tried to beat Lucy. Or she might have run like she did anyway, but she would have probably, she would have probably got on the podium and finished third, but could have won it. Um, And basically she's got a slow chain. She's got the SRAM chain, which is crap slow as anything the tire on the wrong way round on the front wheel like it's not even the right way like and I mean, that's gonna it might me it might to some people not look like a big deal but it it can definitely make something like three watts make, four watts it's gotta make something two by group set instead of a one by i would think that you'd go for a one by on that course like i mean even if you're pushing a smaller gear as a woman like i would have thought a 54 at least one by would have been a better situation. You don't really need any bigger gears than that, especially if you've got a 30 or a 32 on the back. Like that would be faster, more aero. Um, an aero chain ring, like they've got the SRAM chain with loads of holes in it, which is just adding watts. I mean, you can easily do stuff to, you know, you can, if you had one by set up and you get a nice drag to zero or pyramid chain ring, you're going to save loads of watts there with that. And then no aero bar, you know, like the front end, you see like Lucy Charles is on a speed bar. Like I've got mm-hmm. a, revolver one um on my bike you know which is totally like custom to your position there's nothing like that so it's not even it's not that neat it's obviously going to cost something it's not going to be as comfortable as well which obviously if you're more comfortable and you can keep locked in to a better position um road bike helmet slow pedals the list goes on uh you know like the pedals that she's got like higher stack height not going to be as low on the bike going to lose what's there I mean, 24-spoke wheels. It's just a a huge, huge list. And you're just thinking, that's costing you the win. But but don't you think, um, so Taylor Nip really decided last minute that she was going to race Kona. She doesn't have, well, to be honest, she she did have some uh, pretty long distance races this year. So she could have optimized her bike a little bit, but maybe it was also arrogance, as in, I'm so super dominant on the bike over the last couple of races. I'm just going to save the watts for uh, for the next time. Uh, I don't think so. I just think <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, I mean, why would why would you not have your best setup? You know, like it's cost you the race. It's cost the podium. Potentially lost the win there, and you don't know whether or not you're going to be in that good a form the next time it comes around. You know, injuries could happen if she's injured next time. She misses the opportunity there, might mm-hmm. have to wait another two years. Then she might not be a spit or someone else might come on the scene. She might never get the opportunity to win it again. She might well do, but nothing's guaranteed, is it? And I feel like <clears throat> that cost her, that cost her big time. 
But to be fair, the road helmet is still an aerial road helmet, but might be the be- better chance in um, in Kona, the better nah. the better helmet. If you if you're not really suitable for the heat, for example, in my case, if I would wear a like one of these uh, cocoon helmets, I would sweat like anything, like a melt mozzarella, but and to an me, an aero road helmet still doesn't have very good ventilation. Oh, it it's does still... because my whole head is free. Yeah, but you don't wear a visor with a T with a TT helmet. All right, but if you look at the pictures, what struck me most is that she is wearing her glasses under her helmet strap. <laughs> Fucking hell! I can hear Arabella in the background. She is. Uh, she is. Uh... She's angry with the setup as well. Yeah. She's like, "How? She's why angry. would you do that?" She's like, "I hate looking at stuff that's like not aesthetically pleasing." She's like, "She's like, it just hurts me to think that someone turned up like that." She's like, "Don't do it, Joe. Next time when I watch you, I want to see some results." Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> she's yeah, like, "If yeah, I yeah. see you on a bike like that in Florida, Joe, I'm going to be fuming." <laughs> what? Um... All right. What? Uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the Kona women's race for uh, for uh, a sec. Were you surprised, Lucy Charles? Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised actually because I didn't think she would drop Taylor on the swim. Actually, I thought that Taylor would stay with her on the bike on the swim, or certainly be very close within twenty thirty seconds. I wasn't expecting her to swim away that well, and then I definitely didn't expect her to stay away on the bike with no one catching her. I thought that other people would probably catch her at some point, and then if she was going to win, she would maybe run out run someone who got off the bike with her that's not that good a runner and then I thought she'd be trying to hold off like Anne Haug like she was and the other strong runners I was surprised that she led from gun to tape basically because it was quite that was quite dominating yeah Um, yeah. like I mean to be honest I actually thought it was quite a boring race to watch because there wasn't really that many overtakes you know it was it would have been nice to see Lucy get caught and a few people at the front battling it out like I felt like because she kind of rode away and had it all her own way. It made it not that exciting to watch. I mean, I was watching bits and bobs and going back, but kind of lost a bit of interest because it looked like a one, like a, you know, one man show really. What do you think of the coverage? Um, Just standard Ironman, isn't it? You know, they just focus on the leaders and don't show any of the overtakes really back down the field and that much of the action is just, it's just the same, same old, same old, really, isn't it? You know, if you're not, they literally focus on the front person, show them side on riding, and that's literally, that's literally it. There's no actual live time and split, so it doesn't really keep you that excited. You know, when you see it as like how it is, like a one man show. Like, I mean, even when Anne Haug was chasing it, because I watched the the final bit of it the next morning before I um, looked at the results, so I was watching the last hour and a bit, and I didn't know what had happened when I woke up. Um, but they only give you the time splits when they go over a map. There's no live timing. So you're waiting like seven or eight minutes each time to know whether or not the person in second is actually catching the person in first. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a bit naff how it does that. Looking though at how the week um, in in advance, uh, uh, the week before the race went, it had a lower swim. They had something like the run. I didn't see anything from the underpants run, so that's something we uh, we got to do next year, Joe, just with a couple of mates. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely um, missed uh, Kona, though. I've got um, to say, after seeing the build-up and the hype, it's definitely not the same in Nice. And then when you 100%. saw all the pictures and the videos and like how nice it was in Kona, I did say to Laura, 
But I actually do miss Kona. I said I don't, I didn't realize how much you like Kona until you're yeah. not there. Because obviously, I'm, I've been there for, since like 2017, from 2018 onwards. And then I was there in 2015, 2016 watching it. And I knew when I watched it in 2017, when I wasn't there, I definitely wanted to be there. And I felt like I was missing out. But this time, I mean, it's not the same when you're not there in 2020 and 2021 when there was no racing there because it was not an option. But after seeing it and seeing the pictures, the videos and like all the hype and the build up, I did think, oh, God, I'm actually really looking forward to being back in Kona next year. And I did miss it. And I didn't think I would think that. But one thing I completely missed as well, and I have no clue whether it was there or not, is like the expo. It was there because I saw some pitch. I saw GTN tech show. And it was definitely uh, uh, pretty similar to what it is normally. Or it looked like that on, on okay. there when they were going around it, yeah. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Sweet. Yeah, can't wait to next year then. Can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> Anything else you want to say with regards to Kona? Uh, not really, mate. I'm looking forward to taking you on in the beer mile in Kona and seeing what you've got up your sleeve. See if you've next got, year. See, if, see if, you've, if, you've, if you're as good as uh, what you make out to be. Yeah, but realistically, so the Kona Beer Mile, Travel Mockery Kona Beer Mile, is, of course, the champions of the champions Beer Mile because, first of all, as a pro, you need to qualify for Kona. Um, Highly unlikely for me. Best you get your training in for uh, Kortzimal then, then, mate. <laughs> I will. And then, second of all, if you then qualify it, then you're eligible for the win in the Travel Mockery B Mile. So, even if I would go to Kona next year as an unqualified athlete, then I wouldn't have done the race and thus won't be eligible, just like Will Clark. What about Noel Mulkey? Noel Mulkey no. tried, to, like, tried to do it as well, didn't he? Didn't yeah. race. Uh, or actually, he, he well, I don't know what's worse, not to line it up on the start line of an Ironman or DNF him before uh, on an Ironman then trying to win the beer mile. Yeah, that, that's that's worse, definitely, definitely. But it's a, um, <laughs> I mean, a, a participation medal for sure. Participation medal. Um, and he tried to sneak an alcohol-free beer in as one of them as well. That's That's crazy. I think that's like using EPO in transition during an Ironman. 100% mate that's like so below the belt isn't it that you try and sneak, snag free free uh, alcoholic ones and then the non-alcoholic one was tucked in right behind and I said what's that one I've not seen that one before looked at it 0.2% right you can't use that here you go have another one gave it gave him another one you know what he's actually, like actually if you if, if someone gets caught with a 0.2% actually should be punished with something really grim <laughs> yeah like they have to do like a uh I like Golden Drac. I would do that for choice, like a Golden Drac. Nah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of of cheating, by the way, uh, in a beer mile, there seems to be still cheating in Spanish races. I don't know about seems to be. Like, it's always been there and... uh, it's always evident every time people race in Spain and there's like some big names there, they always get pissed off with how bad the races are officiated. Like they're an absolute shit show. I remember doing Challenge Salou, can't remember when it was, probably 2018 uh, off the top of my head. And it was just an absolute draft fest. And like the motorbikes like pace people off the front, you know, there's literally groups just sat behind each other. No one ever does anything, like no marshals ever do anything. And this time from the videos that you see because people just post them up all the time now so it's so much easier to actually see stuff like this in challenge salute or not challenge salute challenge Piguera, it was an absolute 
shit show, wasn't it? You've seen the video, haven't you? That like yeah, I you posted shared on my story. That's yeah. how I came across it. Yeah. And uh, the winner, Yuri Kulin, massively was drafting, wasn't he? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? Like on the video, two meters behind the person in front. But do you know what I found the, <laughs> the funny bit was he's drafting. You'd think you'd get a draft, a penalty. The referees are there. And then he has the audacity to say to the ref, what's the gap like for the people in front <laughs> while being two meters behind the person in the wheel? So it's almost like normally if you saw a marshal and you were drafting, you'd think you would kind of like ease up a bit to let the gap get a bit bigger because you're like, oh, I know I'm taking the piss. I'm going to make sure like at least he sees me like trying to be legit. But it was like not even trying to be legit. It was like I'm two meters behind. And I don't give a fuck. Like, what's the gap up front? <laughs> what maybe, you know maybe what I mean? Like, maybe you thought he wasn't a tandem, but um, um, yeah. But maybe, maybe it's just a uh, a uh, um, you know, a video is always caught a catch of the moment. Maybe the rest of the race he was leading up front. So uh, I, I don't know. I've had loads of messages from people, and I post it up saying like he always drafting, like always doing it. Normally gets penalties didn't and i just think like that's so bad and i've raced against other people like even like two races this year i've raced against someone drafted me one in um pto uh no not in in uh itu world long distance worlds uh literally four meters five meters behind my wheel and actually that was with race ranger he was actually in front of me at one uh, for a bit and i could sit and you could see the fucking race ranger i could see it from the person in front of him was constantly red and i'm thinking <laughs> surely he's going to ease up we've got race ranger on the red the light is pure fucking red like he knows he's drafted <laughs> didn't give a fuck didn't care <laughs> honestly another duchy as well it was another duchy i mean it must be something in the water there that makes him think like <laughs> but honestly literally we're even with race ranger on didn't didn't give two shits at all knew he was purely drafting and in roth i was in a group of three and there was me and another guy and we're like taking in turns like you know, for a bit, like doing the, doing a bit of work, and uh, look behind. I thought, where the fuck's that other guy gone? Because there was three of us. And he was so close to the guy behind, <laughs> I couldn't even fucking see him. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, like I put in a bit of a dig, and then uh, I'm putting a bit of a gap in behind, and that guy's like come with me, and then the one who was in third, the one who I said was cheating, was literally right on his wheel. I'm not even joking, a meter behind, less like <laughs> literally like you're riding on a training ride. Uh, uh, so I just rolled back and said to him, I said, what the fuck are you doing? I said, mate, you can be seven or eight meters, but not on his wheel. That's just taking the piss. You know, stop fucking cheating. <laughs> I was like thinking, I'm going to push this guy in a fucking bush in a minute, like if he keeps doing that, because it's just taking the would piss, you, isn't it? You know? would, you, would you, so if you ever retire, would you take on the job as the head referee of Iron Man? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I said it to him and then he got, he, um, he left the gap and he got dropped. And the same with that other race when I denied to you world long distance champs. After he, I said something to the guy who was like sat right on the wheel of the, per, of the person I could see. And then on my wheel, when I kind of overtook him, I said something to him. And then a little bit later, he gets dropped. And then you look at the results of Challenge Pagrera. I'd be absolutely livid if someone did that because, and I know what the winner would say. He'd say, oh yeah, well, it was just one bit. I wasn't doing it the rest of the course. But then why are all the other pros, your other competitors and people that you work about saying, oh, he's always doing this. It's so bad. Like he's got such a reputation. I'd hate to have people say that about me. I'd rather get beaten and finish in third and be known as someone that races with integrity and has the respect of your other competitors rather than mm -hmm. someone that totally. might win the odd race, but just 
fucking cheats their way to it, you know, and then does it and everyone's talking behind their back, you know, saying, oh, he's a fucking cheat. I'd, you know, I'd want people to think I was good enough. And if you do think you're good enough and you won, why not race fair and prove it? Do you know what I mean? And then at least then people would shake your hand and say, fair play, like you were the best man on the day. And if you're not, it doesn't matter, but at least you raced fair. But to cheat and then like, you know, and you said, didn't you, that people were commenting on his Instagram and he's deleting the comments. And it's just like, well, if you don't want people to write comments like that, don't fucking draft. Do you know what I mean? Don't and cheat. Also, like Effort-wise, so the amount of energy, what you're saving, it's worse than EPO and block bags. Because... If yeah. I used, for example, EPO, maybe you would gain, I don't know, there's no real thing, but you wouldn't gain 100 watts. But if you sit on someone's wheel, like literally on it, you can save more than 100. So it's like EPO and steroids. Yeah. Yeah. No, to- totally. Um, yeah. He's at, you're actually saving more than someone that's juiced up. And people always kick off about the person that's juiced up saying that they're doing it. But then the people that are drafting, they kind of just let let them be but you know they're actually getting a bigger advantage than what someone is on on drugs but the marshals should have really there was marshals there race referees and they should have they should have um you know done their job really i I would even i would even say um well what it looked like in the video it was so damn close i would say you couldn't even get a cart for that i would just say mate just just stop riding your bike just stop the race you're just taking the piss you're a professional this is your job you know what the rules are maybe sometimes if it's 12 meter and you're sitting on nine meter that's a cart like five minute penalty but if you're sitting literally on one or two meters it's just get off your bike just just stop it get your bags some people would say like you said oh yeah but this is one part of the course but then what i would say is this is a good 20 second video that you see them coming towards you. And there's no, uh, there's no attempt to even let the gap get up to 10 meters. You know, like you couldn't even say they hit a hill and he accidentally closed up because the speed all dropped, you know, dropped and he just, kind of eased this up. This is just to draft us in general. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's basically, we'll, we'll share that on uh on the on the Instagram, and you can see you can see what you think, and make your own uh, d- decisions on whether or not you think it's uh, it's bad. <laughs> we we don't have to openly slay. All right, uh, I think we made our point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, what else came past this weekend that you um? What um? I had a try, uh, by the way a little look on my uh, training peaks, and I was curious about some data. And I ran the numbers because uh, I had I had an idea. What do you think my uh, average training weekly load was over the course of a year? What are you Three, talking about? Hours? Hours a week, three hundred and sixty-five days range, um, including swim swimming. Like all your swims have been uploaded and everything. Swim, bike, run. Twelve hours. Yeah, eleven point two. Oh, really? Yeah. So imagine if you were averaging like twenty-five hours a week. Could you imagine what how much of a weapon you? Yeah, but it's it's two months. For example, November, December, there was no training at all, and now September, October. But it, uh, ooh, it was um, less than I thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you thought it didn't make for pleasant reading when you saw that, or did it because you thought, oh, actually, if I've only been training that much a week. 
imagine how good I could be if I was actually consistently well, doing over twenty I hours. Really, there's no, there's never a what if, what if, or I could have, I could have, <laughs> I could have, I should have. Nah, this is, this is what, this is what it is. No, but it no. could, sh- it could open your eyes up to potential, couldn't it? You can think like there's enough harm it's in good. thinking. It's like, good open, um, but I, I, I do know I've had it in the past. If I do train, but I'm, I'll be uh, the uh, last weekend. That's a high of me. Last, last day of the apple season this season. So. Uh, I'll be back into full swing. I'm really looking forward this weekend to uh, uh, to race the, the the gravel race. I'll use it as a full week training leading into Cozumel because I've got one, two, three, four weeks to train my ass off and then uh, ba- basically panic train and uh, save what I can. And then uh, Cozumel. How are you going, by the way, for Florida? Pretty good, I think. I've actually got a 10K running race on on Sunday. So Have I'm going to give, yeah, I'm going to give that a crack and uh, hopefully get a good time. It's on a fast course as well. What, what, what pace are you aiming for? What time? What do you reckon? What do you reckon for an old dog? 32.45. Oh God, quicker than that. Jesus, I'd be a bit disappointed if I needed that. I know, but you're, you're not that quick over a 10k normally. Uh, well, I want to go sub 31. That's my target. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I've, I'd be, I've done fast than thirty-two forty-five on the bike and trainer, mate. Like, <laughs> that would so be you... very, very disappointing. <laughs> that was like not much. That was like similar to the last ten k of a ten-mile run I did the other day. Oh, but it, but it's not off the bike. No, this is, uh, this is a f- flat, fast ten k. It's just, just a ten k run, mate. Like, I was surprised, by the way. I'm gonna. I want to get him on the podcast because he's a good friend, a uh, friend of Lawrence Tindam, Tom Dumoulin, former World Tour pro, multiple World Champion TT, winner of the Giro, Dutchy, non-drafter. Well, oh, champion, mate, you know he's, he's gonna race an Ironman well because he's gonna draft the shit out of him on the bike, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but he did a half distance, a half half marathon run this weekend, and he ran a one ten. I saw that. I saw it before you uh, sent it to me because I actually follow him as well on uh, and, on Instagram. After and Lawrence you said, and Lawrence said he didn't even properly train because he he went out for dinner on the Saturday night or on the yeah Saturday night, so the day before the race with uh, Tom Dumoulin, and he bought a a Garmin watch that day. Oh really? The night before the race? Yeah. But surely he must have been using watches before because he's done like 10Ks. You know, I remember us talking about him doing a 10K in a pretty solid time, like 32 something like the other year. Can you remember? And he and we said about his trainers it was in because he was in like training shoes, like not even like carbons and stuff. I know, but apparently he, uh, he didn't use a, uh, a watch. Oh, wait, he just goes out and just does anything. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see him do an Ironman because I think he could be really handy if he can get through the swim unscathed. Because he's I'll, a solid runner. He's a really solid runner. He's a solid runner. I, I, I'll ask him if he's... Cotchamel. Uh, <laughs> Tell him it's not too late for Cotchamel. There's a downstream swim. A Doritos <laughs> packet apparently can do the swim in 45 minutes. Tom, you're on. <laughs> you, you could fly around this course. <laughs> what do you reckon What do you reckon I can do in Cotchamel? I haven't even looked. So I'm talking swim-wise. I reckon you'd be within three minutes of the faster swim. Mm, that might be because a the, quick. No, because if there's a lot of rain, the swim's rapid and... You can't go too much. When the swim's fast like that on a downstream swim, it doesn't matter how quick you are because the speeds are so high, you can't gain the time. Like It's like when you swim upstream, if you're swimming against the current, the times could be absolutely huge because the speeds are so low that yeah. you can get. You don't need to swim that much quicker to put a lot of time into someone. Whereas on these downstream swims, like even if you don't swim that quick, like the first bit's crucial, the first 100 meters. And then after that, 
once you're on the feet, you won't get dropped because of the, the you've got the current pushing you and you're on the person's feet as well. What's why did why didn't you do that, right? Oh, I don't need a downstream swim, mate. No, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Your time and no, I'm only joking. I do <laughs> <laughs> with a little push. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I could. I don't know, really. I just like I've been to Florida before, and I quite I kind of liked it. But I, I mean, it probably does, to be honest, make more sense for Cots for the swim in Cotsmel. But then. Uh, that heat, mate, in Cochumel, if it's a hot one, oof, I don't know if I fancy that. But saying that, I've seen that it can sometimes be a little bit cooler. But I don't know. To be honest, it probably would have made more sense for me to do Cochumel. But I've had good success in Florida, so I've gone back there. But, you know, it would have made it would have made probably more sense to do the Cochumel. Shall we go over to the Instagram post of the week? Go on in. You sent me a video. So I can't you... even remember. I can't Joe, even remember off the top of my head what what the what honor it is. of the Instagram post of the week. Oh, you found is this it. this is the one where they're um, so this is from Challenge Pereira, what we mentioned earlier, and this is the women coming through, and it feels unfortunate to uh, basically laugh about it, but like Imogen Simmons, who we both know, coming in, well, she's nailing it. She, Imogen Simmons can take a bit of humor, and she posted this video up herself on Instagram, so I think she can take a laugh. Yeah, that's she posted true. this video up. She did post it up, yeah. And she comes bombing into transition and then like into T2 with her bike, first place I think she was in. And she just completely stacks it and lands on the bike, doesn't she? She's like, literally body serving her TT bike, 15 grand TT bike from uh, basically the, the way you have to get off your bike till like T1. I want to know if the bike's actually in one piece because at first when I saw it, I thought it was running out of T1. And I thought, oh, God, she must have been lucky that the bike's in one piece because she kind of lands on the disc. And I thought, fuck, like, does she break the disc? Because, I mean, I don't know how much weight a disc can take, but, like, a person falling on it, like, I wouldn't want to do that, like, to mine, would you? And I thought, God, she's lucky the bike was in one piece. But actually, it's coming into T2. See, is the bike actually in one piece? I don't even know, like, because it was, that would have been a lot of force, wouldn't it? It was a full-on run. She's, like, flipping, like, flying. Three-minute K-pace, boom, bumming it on the disc. But still... Um, she is sponsored by DT Swiss, so I wouldn't say that was the biggest of the concerns. And she won a race in the end, so she's on a roll. Three races she's won in like no time, in literally like the last six weeks, something like that. Would Could you, be you, uh, Tom. Once you up that to twenty hours a week, God help them. God help everyone. You won't <laughs> need them downstream swims then. <laughs> You'll be looking no. for up. You know, on the PTO, your profile actually has you as a better swimmer than runner and are not and you're biking not much better than you're swimming you're like a really well-rounded athlete on the pto like rankings <laughs> like there's there's one more topic um that i quickly want to touch with you on so i had a message from a uh, from one of the dogs one of the patrons the patrons can always send us messages and we uh, we like discuss them in the podcast obviously um <laughs> So this is one of the four patrons who sent us a message. <laughs> wow, we've doubled in the last week. Yeah. It's a we've message doubled. of your death, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I've got a question. What do you think of age groupers who live like a full-time pro, but they race as age groupers? Hashtag Reese Barkley. Reese, Reese is actually retired now, hasn't he? I don't but, even know why 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 they uh, but it had to do something he said with a podcast that was uh, where he was in he where he was saying that he's going to race as an age grouper, but I don't think I think this is about 
the quest in general. What do you think? What do we think of athletes who live like full-time pros? Um, age groupers? If you're doing it and getting sponsors and stuff as an amateur and you're racing as an amateur, like you say, you're going out to companies and getting like proper sponsorship. I think that's a bit bad, especially if you've got no intentions of moving up to a pro, but like, I mean, is it bad? Because then I kind of think to myself, well, if I was an amateur and I was able to get sponsors like, and I could train full time and race as an amateur and wasn't quite good enough to race as a pro, then I'd probably do it, you know, like don't hate the player, hate the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it would be better than working a nine to five job, wouldn't it? Like, you know, training and stuff and doing it. But like, I mean, it's a bit unfair to the other amateurs, isn't it? When you've got people training full time, but like. Definitely. But there will always be people, no matter what league you're in, that will be the one in your league that has got the most amount of time to train. So even if you would take all the top amateurs and you would put them in the pro ranks, then there would be new top amateurs who would have more time than the ones that don't. You you always have these people who are in the gray area. And some people just don't want to step up to pro, you know, as um, um, so but in my case, as a multiple, multiple age group overall winner, <laughs> I know that that racing was way more fun than coming in into like 20th or 10th place in really like, did you like, you enjoyed it a lot more did you of course because you were in the race you know you were there and then in the swim you were catching up i wasn't catching up in the swim i mean on the bike you were catching up um and then on the run you were like uh pulling away and then going for the win or it was like a battle that was way more inside exciting than someone shouting you're 45 minutes off the front you know <laughs> oh really because i've never thought about it like that so you actually found it more fun racing in the um, amateurs than you well, do in the pros. I, i've had i've had a lot of races in the pro ranks where it where it's, where it's kind of um um i wouldn't say demotivating because my race in almere went p- pretty well which was my last pro race but it was well prepped but I'm, i i can tell you this that the race that i'm going to have in cozumel is not going to be fun for me you know because i haven't <laughs> trained a lot and then you're coming out of the water. Well, you say three minutes. Well, let's say five minutes down. wouldn't be that bad. But I have hardly been cycling. So like 140Ks a week, something like that, maybe even less. Um, so the, you get come off the bike, you're fatigued, you're way back, then you're not fit on the run. And even though, even if you are fit, even if you're fit, but you can't ride, for example, um, um, so you're coming off the bike 15 minutes back and then you lose another 15 minutes of the run. So you lose until something like 30 minutes. So you're coming in 14th place. But if you come from the perspective of always winning races in the age group field is a totally different mindset and perspective. Yeah. I've never really thought about it like that, but I mean, and some people I don't guess, want to race like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be more fun being in the mix than being like, definitely. It's behind. also, it's also more, more, um, um, challenging. So it's either you want to be a big fish in a small pond or, or, um, I guess basically, yeah. There's not really a problem with it, is there? Because if you're if you're on the fringe as a race and pro and amateur, you know, like say like you're going to be quite far behind in the pro race, but you qualify for a pro card, but you can be up there in the amateur one, but you've managed to get sponsors or you've got a business and you know you've managed to get that to work yourself and you've got the money to do it, yeah. And you enjoy training, then but you might as well go for it because if you love training, it's like it's not you can't expect people not to train because yeah. it's not fair on other people because if they enjoy it and they've managed to get their life in a situation where they can do it then you've got to go for it you know i would if i was like say 
40 but, years old and I managed to like 40, 45, I'd been working hard, got the business to run itself and I had the money and like could, had the time to train. I'd definitely exactly. do it, you know. I'd, but like, then still, of course, I can I can imagine that it's frustrating for people who do need to work full time and can only train like 40, 14 hours a week. They want to tr- qualify for Kona and they always like just miss a slot to them people that have got like full time. That's basically me now in the pro ranks. But that was always the appeal in a way with Kona because yeah. it was so hard to train that if you didn't have the time to do it, it made it special when you finally got there because it really felt like you had earned something. Whereas nowadays, yeah. it doesn't feel like you've earned it because they're giving away slots. They're literally to the point where they're saying, does anyone want it? And then now they're struggling to fill it because people don't see it as that prestige. Whereas before... But I think they've changed it, didn't they? they, they they're reaching out less slots now for the Kona 2024 edition. Uh, I don't know. I think they'll probably be the same because they're going to still split men and females. So basically it's going to be double the amount of men as what there was before and double the amount of uh, females because um, before obviously they were on the same day, weren't they? And um, now there's only the men there. So they'll just have like two and a half thousand men, I guess, and two and a half thousand females. But it was a lot harder to qualify before and that did make it a lot more special, didn't it? You know, when you first qualified as an amateur and people told you about it, you probably thought, oh, bloody hell, like, I've, like, achieve something pretty special here you know and it yeah, was I, think I came something i came in the first uh, ironman maastricht i think it was something like sixth or seventh overall and i think the second one in my age group was something like 10th 10th overall so if you were like 12th overall you're the third one in my age group you wouldn't have one uh, yeah you have one slot. and i think the thing is going back to someone like say reese barkley who they mentioned if he felt like he was able to be competitive in the pro race he probably would carry on racing, you know, say if he was yeah. getting top fives and he was like, you know, even if he wasn't winning it, but he was kind of getting in the money and actually feeling like he was in the race, he probably would hundred percent carry on racing pro wouldn't race amateur. But if he feels like he's helping his missus and he's still training with her, but he's helping her along a lot and not able to train properly for himself or just doesn't enjoy finishing 30, 40 minutes behind, mm-hmm. he's probably thinking, well, I'm doing it for fun anyway. I'm not that bothered because like, you know, his missus just won Kona, you know, he's like putting a lot of eggs in her basket. Um, he's probably thinking, well, I just enjoy racing amateur where I'm actually in the mix for it. So I'm just going to do that. At the end of the day, you've got to do what you enjoy. And I'm sure if people that are amateur that would be competitive in the pro race, they would race pro because they would want to challenge themselves. And, you know, it'd be more fun racing pro if you can actually get in the mix than racing amateur, you know. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get full on uh, for it in, uh, well, as of now. Um, 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 have you got a bullshit buster, Jody? Um, no, I haven't. But you know you said you were going to get on it. So where could we see Tom Ustadek putting down a big marker next year? I've, al- I've, already been, I've, I've already been on it over the last eight, eight to nine weeks with running. I've, I've done a, se- a decent session every week with running. Maybe not a lot, maybe not a lot of volume. So it's like 30k a week. But there was always, always a hard interval session and like two easy runs. But next, next year, where could we see? What takes your fancy? Like when you look at races... Where do you I think, think, Koya, the, I think? It's the calendar up. So I would like to do probably or maybe uh, South Africa. I want to do an early race in April. Then I want to do another race probably somewhere in June, the beginning of June. Then I'll head off to Cairns. Cairns, mate. Then... What about Cairns in June? Yeah, I could do. When, when is I'm it in June? That. Start of June, mate. Start of June. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Go see then the I Great Barrier go... Reef, bit of scuba diving out there. Can oh, see man. some snakes and stuff like that, you know, kangaroos. 
koala bears. <laughs> You're talking about... <laughs> um oh it's the june the 16th yeah that might be uh have a few frothies for the beer mile afterwards as well you get right stuck in mate we could take we, the australians the aussies wouldn't know what would fucking hit them if me and you turn up there for the beer mile i'm sure we'd fucking rough them up <laughs> oh shoot um because i want to do the the multiple states race again in the masamara the gravel race that i did back in the days the gravel race uh, and I wanted to do an Ironman before that, but this one starts June the 18th. Well, that's the week. That's like 10 days after Cairns. Come over to uh, Australia and we'll fuck up the Aussies, you know? No, Cairns is June 16th. So it's two oh, days it? before this. Yeah. Oh, man. The Aussies are getting a lucky escape. They would not know what had hit them if you'd have turned up, you know? <laughs> but I, haven't, I haven't made up my mind yet. So maybe uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a little look at the calendar. Um, oh, well, we've got to talk about the um, the new Ironman Pro system, but I uh, but we can talk about that later this week. The Ironman Pro series, oh, that is music to my ears, mate. That is. Are oh, we no, going to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that next week, or are we going to talk about it like a bit now? Um, depends, because it's uh, ten thirty uh, p.m. and I need to pack my bags because I'm leaving to the airport tomorrow morning. All right, we'll talk about that next week then, because that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> This this must have been your high of the week, by the way. But uh, yeah, you that was my that. high of the week. When I saw that, that was like, oh yes, Iron Man. You 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 read in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and you're lucky that it didn't really put any Spanish races in there. I know one Spanish race, and I thought, fuck that. Like it'd be a draft fest, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> a race to get on the back of the motorbike, and then it'll be like, see you later. <laughs> I really hope uh, Cozumel is going to be like that, so I can just sit in on the bike, ride at two meters, two hundred and twenty watts, and forty uh, k's an hour or forty-one. I don't really care. I'll just want a decent forty-five, spot. mate. It'll be forty-five if you're sat two meters behind. You'll be like, "Are we going 40? It feels quite easy, and you'll be looking down, forty-six, forty-seven kilometers now. You'll be like, "Oh my god!" I, I'm I wouldn't mind to go something like forty, forty-one k's an hour in Cozumel, and then like a steady run. Then I would be happy with my race. Just a good swim, <laughs> steady ride at two meters on behind a motorbike. And then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and then you're after the race when all the pros are like kicking off at you. You'll be like, "Well, don't hate the player, hate the game." You know, like they never, they never, they never punish me. You know, like <laughs> the it's referee about... said it was fair. <laughs> I'll just say to him, "It's all about the beer mile tomorrow, boys." Yeah. Um, but anyway, Jody, I'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.